Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Asher Agency, a full-service marketing agency with offices in Indiana, West Virginia, and Washington, D.C. For nearly 50 years, Asher has helped our clients tell their stories, reach customers and prospects, and stand out from the crowd. To learn more about how we can help your company, visit asheragency.com or contact us at hello at asheragency.com. My guest is Mary Jane Riva. Mary Jane, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us all the way from sunny California. I hope it is sunny where you are. It is not where I am, so I hope someone's getting some sunshine. Actually, and, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> well, good. Well, I am I am envious of that. And you recently visited us in Fort Wayne. I'm sorry I didn't have a chance to say hello when you were in the office, but hopefully I will the next time you visit. What were your had you been to Fort Wayne before that that visit? You know, I had not. So it was um, it was a first time that that is a very cute little town. Yeah, and cool. I really enjoyed the town as a whole, but it was also really nice to actually get to Asher's office since we hadn't been there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've lived he, I've lived in Fort Wayne for about 30 years, 25-ish years, coming from Massachusetts. And it's it's really grown up nicely over the last 10 mm-hmm. years or so. So it's a great place to be. We don't have the weather that you have, but we've got some advantages that, that we like a lot. So um, next time you're in the office, I'll have to say hello. Yeah. Well, well, um, Mary Jane, one of the things that I wanted to to talk with you about is your career path. You're the CEO of Pizza Factory, and uh, you've been doing that for quite some time. But I'd like you to start at the beginning, whatever that is for you. When did you start thinking about what you might want to do with your career? And where did you go from there? And then did you continue along a path or did you make any pivots along the way? Oh my gosh, yeah, I'll I'll keep it as simple as I can. But honestly, I had an opportunity. I grew up in high school working at a buck 65 an hour. (laughs) And I always worked at the same place, which at the time it was a donut shop. Well, fast forward, I got married, moved, and bottom line, I had an opportunity to open my own donut shop. And that's where I got the entrepreneurial kind of bug in me. So from there, that's what I knew I wanted to do. I always wanted to own my own business. Uh, that was that was pretty much where I went, okay, this is it. I never attended college. Uh, not that I don't think college is a good thing, but for me, that wasn't the route I took. Fast forward, get into Pizza Factory, and in 1990, my husband and I, we opened our first Pizza Factory down in Southern California with another partner. We grew five stores in the that area. And uh, 2012, so that was that was 1990. 2012, fast forward again, the owners, founders of the Pizza Factory Corporation uh, approached my husband and I wanted to know if we wanted to buy the company, which was a path I did not see for myself. It was one of those things I had to sit there and think, okay, I knew my husband, we had already discussed it. He had already been somewhat retired from the restaurant, so I knew he really wasn't going to be too active in it. But ultimately, I knew it was a great challenge, and I'm all about challenging myself. So it's been a great ride so far. Well, that's great. That's that sounds like you you jumped right in and had a couple baptisms by fire there. So, so let's <laughs> talk a little bit about Pizza Factory. It's a well-known name in in certain parts of the country. Many of the listeners of this podcast are in Indiana or in the Midwest, so they may not be as familiar with mm-hmm. the name. So tell us a little bit from your perspective. What is Pizza Factory? What makes it special? You know, I, I, you're right. We're mostly on the West Coast. We do have a store in Athens and a few in Texas, but um, I think if 
the viewers were to listen and think about, uh, depending on your age, of course, but if you can think back of the days, especially pre-COVID, where everybody went out and celebrated or after their kids' football games, baseball games, you would go to your pizza place. That's where you would hold your celebratory type events. That's where you would meet as a community. That's what we are. We make all our product from inside the stores. There, nothing is commissaried in, nothing's frozen. So we're the old fashioned toss, toss the dough in the air, the whole nine yards. We make our dough daily. So we're one of those family type pizza restaurants. We are not the fast, get in there, make your own pizza, you know, go through the line. We are still that touchy feely. Um, we're primarily owner operator with uh, really close ties to our communities that we're in. Okay. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about the transition you made from store owner to CEO of the company. Mm-hmm. Was that an easy transition? Was it a difficult transition? And, and what has that experience been like? Um, you know, I, do, I wouldn't say it was either or because I didn't know what it was going to be. So if it should have been easier, I don't know. But uh, it, w- it was pretty much like you said, just kind of jumped into the fire almost because it was I did not know how to run a corporation. Um, we had 110 stores and the value of being a franchisee because we're still franchisees. We still own stores. Only two, though, now. But the value of it was um, coming in with that mindset of what as a franchisee did I want to see that maybe I wasn't getting from the previous owners. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, um, I, I, like I said, I, I don't think it was easy or difficult either way. It was challenging, stressful. It still is. The, the weight on my shoulders of wanting to make sure that I'm making the right decisions for the franchisees. And again, that is probably the last question I ask with anything that we do or my team comes in and presents. It's like, okay, how is this going to affect the franchisee? Is it going to make their life better? And are we just doing something to check a box or is it really going to make a difference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so franchisees, business owners who, who choose to work in a franchise environment, they have a lot of options in who they partner with. Why do you think some of your folks partner with you? What do they see in Pizza Factory that makes you a good fit for their aspirations as business owners? First of all, they really have to like our product. And because that's that's just they have to. So that's the first thing. Usually they come just because they really like our product because it is different. Uh, The other thing is, is they want to be involved in their communities and they see how involved and the programs. We're not just about programs to drive business. We're about programs to put yourself giving back to those communities that are supporting us. Yeah. And so that those are two of the things I, I will say they they do like the aspect of knowing that the team that we have, starting with me and a few others in our on our team, we all have been franchisees. So that is another thing that they like is that we're not that corporate. Uh, just look at them as a number and, and you know, it's always up, 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 up. It's, you know, what's going to work for you and really thinking about the franchisees experience with us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I really um, admire that kind of local focus. I've seen that in, in your marketing and it seems like that's something the business really believes in is giving back to communities, being a part of the community, not just transactional relationships with customers, but making it more than just that, um, you know, customer customer business relationship. So in, in terms of um, the team that you work with, let's talk a little bit about them. How do you get the work done as CEO? 
you have a lot on your plate, but you know, you, you obviously try to delegate as much as possible. Who are you delegating the work to and, and how does the work ultimately get done by your team? We have different departments. We have outside resources such as Asher, a PR company. We do have those outside resources, but what we've been doing is really focusing on building our team in the office because I truly 100% believe we have to have the communication coming from us and we really have to keep our connection with our franchisees in order for them, one, to trust us, um, to understand what we're doing and the whys, and a lot of times if it's all outsourced, that, that can get lost. So what we have inside our office or within that um, team aspect is a marketing department and also an operations department, accounting, and a legal. We have our own, uh, for example, our food and beverage director who, his name is Brian, and he he's, I will tell you, he's getting ready to turn 50. But he started with Pete's Factory when he's 14. Wow. Man. So Yeah. So, I mean, talk about loving the brand. So he yeah. is so hands-on with the product and what we do and the cost and all that stuff. So we really try to get uh, people that, because when we hire someone, they have to know right off the bat, even though it's a little bit of a shock to them, they have to know that we are very focused on the franchisee and that we are not that corporate structure type of you know, having to hit all these different things that because we're privately held, we don't have to answer to anybody else. Uh, yeah. So we really try to uh, run the business with everything as what is best for the franchisee. So as far as delegation, we have those teams, whether it's ops or marketing, I'm still involved in a lot. I sit in as many meetings as I can, but I have my own things that I'm trying to do. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, the Again, we're very, when we have meetings, everybody speaks. It's not a closed forum. Uh, doing presentations, we just recently had our 2024 What's Coming Up meeting. And I insist that everybody, regardless of what station they have at the at the uh, corporate level, that they do a presentation. I want to hear everybody's voice. I want to know what they have to say because everybody has something good to offer. And I want to make sure that platform is available for them to participate in that. So there's a lot of a lot of meetings and a lot of uh, discussion around what is best for the franchisee. Yeah, well, it sounds like your focus is service, even if someone is working and whether they're working in accounting, whether they're working in marketing, they, they have to have a service orientation to fit in in your organization. You have to really understand the franchisee and what they're going through. Yeah. Uh, even our office people, they've been with us, you know, our, I mean, office people, meaning accounting and uh, legal, they've been with us 20 plus years. They understand the franchisee. They know their kids' names. They are very, very well aware of what the franchisee's day-to-day -day life is. And it's really hard to... Uh, support franchisees and business owners if they don't feel like you really get what they're going through yeah. and that you're just sitting in an office saying, well, you should do this. Well, yeah, you got to do this. I, I truly, um, I, I, I'm very confident that they understand that we do have that empathy because it's yep. it, there is a lot of empathy you have to give business owners because it is not easy to own your own business. You have a lot at stake. You have a lot you've invested it's affecting every part of your life. And um, we wanna make sure that 
where we don't lose sight of that. So, so how do you strike that balance, Mary Jane, between giving them a strong brand that's going to build credibility in the communities where they're located, but also giving them flexibility to do what they think is right for the communities they serve and for their business? How do you how do you strike that balance? Well, there's a couple different, there's so many aspects to that question. One would be with the product. We allow them, as long as it's products that we have approved in our stores, they're allowed to create their own pizzas and, and okay. do things like that. So that is one area. Um, from decor in their store, we have certain brand items that they have to uh, use, of course, to make sure that it looks like a pizza factory. But ultimately, yeah. we want their stores to reflect their community. So if their community is like, for instance, up here in Yosemite, we want that store to reflect Yosemite. So yes. it, when the guest comes in, we're not cookie cutter. We're, we look like the hometown pizzeria. Mm -hmm. We don't look like the flashy you know, signs and stuff. We look like that is your community pizzeria. It is your pizza factory. Yes. So we give them flexibility in those areas as far as programs and, um, and different in, incentives that we do that we're trying to drive business and trying to show better profitability for them. We do not have too much of trouble with buy-in on that. Um, and, and particularly because we do not make real quick decisions. We take our time. We uh, actually go in and ask our franchise advisory council, which is made up of franchisees. We get their blessing, so to speak, on a lot of things before we go out there. So we don't sit back with like the whip and say, here, you've got to do this, you've got to yeah. do that. Um, it's much easier to show the value and the reason and makes it much easier for them to go along with what it is that you think is in their best interest. Yeah, for sure. Easier to get buy-in when they're at the table um, having those conversations. Well, Mary Jane, I was excited to have this conversation for a number of different reasons. And one of those reasons is that if you ask me about my favorite things in the world, pizza is right at the top. Probably not a surprise, not a surprise from a guy whose last name is Giuliano, but um, <laughs> There, there is varying options that people have. There's varying quality of pizza out there. Um, wh what are you doing from a marketing perspective to make your case? Because there's bigger names out there. There's value propositions. I don't need to tell you how competitive it is. You know that you know better than I ever will. But what are you doing to stand out from a marketing standpoint? Uh, several, several areas. One, the community giving back to the community, yeah. uh, especially in this day and age, people want to know that you are, that you care about what they're paying, that you care about the quality you're giving them and that you care yeah. about their experience. So marketing the experience, the quality that we do make our own food on site, that there's, um, you know, that we care about our product. We're not going to change it. It's, it's a high quality product. We are not the cheapest pizza out there, Yeah, but when you're giving the quality that we give, people are just fine with choosing to buy up, let's say, on a pizza when they know that it's uh, it's something that's been really thought out and, and it's cared about. And you're getting a good, good product with the amount of toppings that you're getting. Um, as far as the rest of marketing, you're right. There, there are a lot of options out there showing what the – I think the, the franchisees – do a great job with even with the marketing we what we do but at a local store i think they do an awesome job of communicating everything that pizza factory is about we don't have to be the ones that do it yeah. they do such a great job by creating that experience and what they do for their communities 
you know, marketing on our end can be a lot of the things that we do and it's the programs we provide for them. But at the end of the day, what the franchisees are doing at the store level is amazing. And they're speaking so, so much in volumes on what Pizza Factory is about. So we're just presenting and giving them the tools, but I have to give them kudos because if we're if it's just coming from the top and we're just sending things out there, we're not attracting the people in those small towns that we're in. They want to they want to see it. So I, I have to say that the marketing that we're doing from the corporate level is a lot of the things that you would think. But honestly, we give them the programs and they're executing them, whether it's gift a meal our anti-bully program, all these outside programs that gives their community the reason to support our pizza factories because they see that we're more than just saying, hey, come in, spend your money here. You never get a, you know, your experience there isn't one of a family and, and an experience that you had a great time. That's the marketing that I think is the best that we do. And it honestly is the store level. Yeah. Well, and that allows for a lot of creativity where you can learn from your store owners. And then when that's applicable, share those ideas with with the other franchisees, the other owners, and then they can customize that to the needs of their customers. You know, Um, that's a good point. You you hit it on the head there, because I tell you what, we have a Facebook connections. It's, It's called PF Connections on Facebook. Yeah. Excuse me. And that's where the franchisees do that. We have more participation in that platform in between our our franchisees sharing those same ideas. It's awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's great that you connect them in that way and you're willing to listen to them because that can sometimes be rare in the in the franchise world. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Mary Jane, some of the things that you're focused on, obviously only share what you're comfortable sharing, but what's on your mind in terms of big projects, things that you're focused on, the top of your to-do list, how do you want to move the brand forward in the foreseeable future? Well, that's a really relevant question because that's what we just came off of a week of meetings and talking about what is 2024 look like. And 2024 looks like to me because we have so many stores in California and the $20 minimum wage that's coming about. And just in general, it's election year. Excuse me. There's a lot of things going on externally. Our focus is really going to be driving, driving, driving sales to the stores. We're going to look at what can we do better to improve the profitability of the franchisee. We've got some great things coming up. And honestly, we do a survey every year with our franchisees and with our, like I said, we meet once a month with our franchise advisory council and they have told us some of the things that they would like to see is better. And one of them is we're going to tune up our online ordering and our, our loyalty app. So we're working on rebranding that a little bit, freshening it up, tightening it up a little bit for the user experience and Bottom line, it is, to me, uh, the the direction I have given the staff and what I have told the franchisees, 2024, we're going to hit it running. And we are going to be, we have our goals that I've set for the staff of what I want to see sales increases, but not just sales increases. It's got to be profitability increase for the franchisees as well, which is a tough one with all the new things that are coming out. But We're really actually in a lot of ways, we have a lot of things that we do every year with marketing and and with Asher, and we just had their meeting uh, as well as you referenced. And we talked about where can we re 
kind of allocate some of the stuff that we normally do and put it into let's get the franchisees through 2024. Um, it's going to be a lot. Like I said, we have a lot of stores in California, but even our other locations, it's going to be a year of a lot of uncertainty with election and a lot of uncertainty yeah, yeah. with the economy. And I want them to just breathe. I want them to just go, okay, I see my sales are going. I know the franchise is looking at my numbers. I know they're doing what I am paying them to do. That's yeah, why they join yeah. a franchise. So I honestly, I just want the franchisees to relax and feel like they can kind of take a breath because there's so much technology thrown at them any, anymore. Everywhere you turn around, you got to watch your reviews. You got to watch, you know, it's just constant. And they're trying right. to run a restaurant. So if I can get them a year of feeling like, you know, we've got this, just, you know, let us, let's get you through this. And you guys just kind of sit back and breathe for a bit. So yeah, that's, well, that's the main goal. Yeah. Well, yeah. As, as, as high touch as the business is, you know, the, you know, the, the less time less they're time spending, spending on, on, you know, that, that, that business end stuff, stuff, the more time they can spend with their customers. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what, too, Anthony, though, there's the other there's the other part of it. And I agree with you 100 percent. They need to be able to create that experience for their guests. But they also need some time to their family. And sometimes you get so caught up. Restaurants are really tough. And it's not like I have an experience and, and not and that I don't understand how you miss a vacation. You've got to cancel this because of the business. And I want to be able to show and create an atmosphere for the franchisees that don't feel like guilty if they take some time away. You know, you yeah. need to get away from the business. Otherwise, it's not good for your anybody if you yeah, do yeah. not get a break. Yeah, that's that's a great, that's focus. A great focus. And yeah, I think I something think that often gets lost in, in the rush for revenue. So I'm glad to hear that. I'm also glad to hear you're focused on online um, because that's a point of frustration for a lot of consumers. Um, and, you know, you're not just competing against other pizza brands, you're competing against the entire e-commerce yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All this third-party delivery and stuff, you're right. It, it used to be you'd worry about, you know, the other pizza place in town. And then it was like, well, you know, anybody that has food. Now you've got these delivery systems out there that everybody has it at the tip of their, you know, their phone. They can just boop, boop, boop and pick whatever they want to do. So it is, it's, it's getting very complicated out there. Yeah, and, sure. you know, it's, you know, running your business. And that's one thing I, I truly hope we do a good job of is navigating those waters of this te this technology and what's coming and that we get it under control and just say, you know what, it's, it's going, you don't have to worry about it so much. We, we got it. That's the goal. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot to focus on in the coming year and in the foreseeable yeah. future. Well, with that, Mary Jane, I want to pivot to some quick hit questions, um, some things that I like to ask our guests that are bigger picture. Um, the first thing I'd like to ask you about is your best career advice. Um, you, you've been a business owner. You're still a business owner. You've been a CEO. You've managed people. What do you think is the most important thing that someone can do to ensure that they're going to have a successful, fulfilling career? Successful and fulfilling, two kind of words that, two words that are a little bit, uh, can almost be the opposite on, in a lot of ways. And I, I, I will tell you with my own journey, uh, your mental health, your physical health to me is number one. 
Mm -hmm. It can drive you to a lot of places. And I don't want to go dark because I'm not meaning it to sound dark, but the stresses and the pressures that are out there and you have a family and you have all these other things, you got to take care of yourself. And a lot of times we we don't do the things that we know we need to do in order to be healthy mentally and physically. And it will show and it will take a toll on you. And if you don't have those things, I don't care the success and fulfillment, those things won't ever happen because success isn't about anything but whether or not you're happy. And I know I'm sounding really kind of the 60s <laughs> mentality here, but you know, I, I really think that in order to be successful and to be fulfilled, you have to have those things first and you have to love what you're doing. And you have to be able to step back and, and allow yourself to make mistakes and allow yourself to let others do it the way they do it and not freak out because it's not the way you would do it. Because as long as you get to the same end point, whether they're doing it the way you got just you got to chill out a little bit more and relax and let and let others help you achieve what you're trying to achieve because nobody does it alone. Well, that was just a, a class in leadership right there. That was great. You know, what you what you said about health, um, the, it's kind of an obvious analogy. But, you know, when you're in a leadership role, whether business owner or a CEO, I always think about the what you hear when you get on an airplane. You have to, you know, put on your own oxygen mask first, because if you can't breathe, you're not going to be much good to anyone else. And that applies in life. That's it's, a good it's analogy. A, yeah, it's a lesson I've had to learn a few times myself, you know, with with my love of pizza, among other things. Um, you you yeah. got to put your health first and and you do want to enjoy life. You do want to enjoy um, the things that we like to, you know, that that we love. But you, you also have to maintain your health. Mental health's become, you know, even more important. If you don't have that, you're not going to be able to serve your team, serve your community and do all the things that that are really secondary. So I love that advice. That's great. So second quick hit question has to do with the industry you're in, the business that you run. What's a myth or a misconception, something you think that people either misunderstand or maybe that's not appreciated enough that you'd like to speak to, maybe clear up a myth or misconception or amplify something that's not appreciated well enough? You know, I, the only thing that comes to mind, because I, I this is more for the franchisees, that when you own a business, it sometimes to the outside looks like it's really easy and it's not. Uh, a lot of times I think a lot of consumers will look at any, any business and they go, wow, you know, well, I would do this and I would do that. And it's always that proverbial walk in someone else's shoes. And because there's, there's a lot of things that people go through to own a business and more importantly, there's a reason why there are business owners and why there are people that aren't. And some are willing to take the risk, both personally and financially. And there's some respect that I, uh, there's a lot of respect that goes to those people because that's why we have businesses. Not everybody is cut out for that. But the assumption that because you make that choice, that you are therefore now going to be rich and famous and everything, that is that is not true. And, and that I don't, I don't. I, I just want to call out more to the time that it's not a that when you're a business owner, you don't turn it off at five o'clock. 
So it's a it's a dedication that business owners have, and I think sometimes it it's made to look easy or that it's um, I don't know I yeah that's my biggest thing is I feel for those because sometimes you hear things and you just go you know what, you don't know what you know there's a lot of stress and there's no guarantee on anything you do these business owners don't go into this with a guarantee yeah you know now especially especially in food um you know for for six years when i was in college and yes it took me six years to get through college i i worked in a restaurant and it was first generation two um cousins two two guys who came here from italy started a restaurant and, and it ended up um the business ended up having a 50-year lifespan which is pretty amazing <laughs> But looking at them every day, my takeaway was I admire them. I could never do that. I, I couldn't do what they do. And it was yeah. a great lesson because I think a lot of times when people say, oh, that's easy, they jump into it too quickly uh, yeah. and don't appreciate all the good things that need to happen. I mean, we, we talk about the costs. You talk about the time people management, especially in the environment we're in, it can be sometimes really challenging to find good people who are going to represent the brand well. Even when they have the skills, you need the people who are a good fit for the culture. I saw you recently hired someone to focus on culture, which is great. Um, so, you know, there's a lot that goes into it and it's underappreciated when it works and we only kind of, you know, step back and notice it when a business doesn't do so well, but it's, it's the yeah. ones who really thrive and make it work, who sometimes are working the hardest and do get the credit they deserve. Well, you know, what's happened over the years too, compared to when I, 1990s, you know, the, between technology and phones and all that stuff, it's different, you, you know, running a business, you're now a marketing person, you are a technology person, you are a social media, those hats, you just keep adding hats these days. And so it's it's not you start a business and you find this magical, wonderful manager who's, it, you know, that doesn't happen. You have to you have to find the people and you have to groom them to do that. So it's not like it just happens. And yeah. and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, just because you think you've got this location and you're that you're going to work really hard doesn't that doesn't mean that right off the bat you're going to be successful. You have to earn it. You have to yeah. earn the respect of your community. You have to earn those customers. They do. You cannot expect them to come to you just because you know you have a better product. Yeah. Well, and it takes years and years to build that reputation. And one one misstep, and you're going to lose that relationship. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can debate whether or not that's fair, but it is reality. I and, and know again, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know that reality better than I do. Mm -hmm. um, all right, Mary Jane, one more question for you. You're obviously, you've got, a, you've got a lot that you need to focus on every day. What's something you use in your work that helps you? It could be a, a tip, a trick, a hack. It could be an app. It could be analog, but something that helps you get your work done that maybe you want to give a shout out to or that deserves a little bit of attention. No, I wish I had that answer for you that I could say, well, it's this or that. And, it, and it's another thing that's very timely because I was just talking to my husband before this meeting with you and I was telling him I still need to find ways to be better at, because right now I use my email, I'm an email person. I, and my phone is forever in my hands. If a thought comes up, I text or email it to myself. So email is my organization, yeah. but that's how I, I go through and I clean up my emails and I go, okay. I got to do this and I clean them up and getting, keeping that email, that inbox down is, is a little bit of my organization, but you know, I still need to be better at 
my time and 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 making sure because it just gets away from you. I don't care if you have a calendar or whatever you have. Learning, getting better at saying no or saying I can't right now. That's mm-hmm. probably the one thing that I would say that I'm not doing good at. But as far as the rest of the stuff, it's my own personal way of how I manage my uh, my thoughts is I put them in. I email myself and I will have all these little notes. But for me, that works because I especially because I'm on my phone and I don't know where I'm going to be. And I say, hey, don't forget this. Don't this, you know, that kind of thing. No yeah, fancy app. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, this is my sneaky way of getting advice from other people. And it's, you know, I, what, I, what I've learned is there aren't any shortcuts. But, you know, yeah. I really like what you said about saying no, because it's hard, especially when you want to be of service to people. Um, I, I would imagine that your businesses, the the businesses that are part part of the pizza factory family, you get asked for all kinds of stuff, especially when you support the community, because who gets asked? The people who support the community, right? So I think it's really important that organizations say, these are the causes we're going to support. And while we'd like to do everything, we're occasionally going to have to say no. For you as a CEO, it's really just prioritization, right? And saying, I can't be all things to all people 24 hours a day, or I'm going to lose my health and my mental health. So I have to say no occasionally. So I think that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mary, yeah. Uh, Well, Mary Jane, I really appreciate you doing this, especially since you have an election to figure out. You have to figure out 2024. You have to figure out (laughs) online ordering. So you've got, you've got a lot to do. So um, we'll come to a close here, but I really appreciate it. I've heard great things about working with you from the folks at Asher. I appreciate your partnership with us and really thank you for your time today. Well, I appreciate everything Asher does as well. They're a great team as well. And I I truly appreciate uh, you taking the time. I always enjoy, you know, just having chats like this. And it's been great to chat with you over this last few minutes. Well, thanks. And thanks to everyone who took the opportunity to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We'll be back next time with another great guest, and we hope you'll join us then.